don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are covering the week of May 9th to Friday the 13th. This was also the last Friday the 13th for the year of 2022, so I hope everybody celebrated accordingly. I want to start this episode out uh, talking about the Ashfords. Hello, hello, editing Caitlin here. So my audio file got corrupted somehow. I was able to fix roughly the first half of the show, uh, so I will post that as a part one. And then uh, after work today, I will continue to work on the audio and hopefully get part two of this episode out to you guys later. Hope you enjoy. Curtis is at GH talking to TJ about the real reason why Marshall left town. And TJ gets upset with Curtis. I don't blame him. TJ had no qualms about Marshall. And even when Curtis brought up Marshall's mental illness, TJ was on Marshall's side. And you know, I'm kind of peeved at Curtis too. He should have made Marshall feel more comfortable when he found all this out. I mean, I understand this is not a good reason to pretend you're dead to your family, but I think in that uh, encounter with Marshall on the docks, Curtis let his emotions run wild. TJ, on the other hand, wants Marshall in his life, so he gets this idea that he wants to go out and find Marshall. An adventure with TJ? I know we can't film adventures the way we used to, but I think it would be fun to see TJ take this on and catch up with Marshall. When Curtis leaves, Jordan shows up and he tells her all about Marshall, but he's a little overdramatic and says he's missing. (laughs) Jordan points out that Marshall's a grown man and if he doesn't want to be found, that's his prerogative. But Jordan does steer TJ in the right direction to go look for Marshall. And she said that she'll smooth things over with Curtis if he catches wind of it and gets upset by it. So two things here. Will Curtis even realize what's going on because he has Selena Wu on his back having those private games at his club? Also, what is Stella going to say about all of this? What is her connection, or I guess non-connection to all of this? She did that ancestry test and went and saw a relative in London, and then Marshall said he's the one who's blood to Curtis. So I just need more information on this, and it's been trickling out very, very slowly. Also, how has no lawyer contacted Jordan or Curtis advising that their divorce papers weren't filed? I would think that a good lawyer would call and say something about it, right? We see Curtis later in the week going to visit Nina, and we see that Nina has a new receptionist, Shannon. Not sure if she'll stick around, but they gave her a name, and that's promising for a character. As Curtis and Nina talk about Wiley, Curtis tells her the truth by saying she's trying too hard. I mean, he's trying to be so nice about it, trying to be a good friend to her, but she's not going to see that. Then, Curtis really makes us see Nina's priorities when he brings up that painting Sunny in a bad light would help her case with visitation for Wiley because all of his indiscretions that have been through the courts already. So now Nina's face is like, oh, I can't do that. And what is she going to do? Admit to Curtis that she's in love with Sonny? (laughs) Like she doesn't want to do that. So she goes straight into Nell talk. I I can't stand it. I actually yelled shut up at my TV because Nell was not a misguided young lady. She was manipulated by her adoptive father. And instead of being a normal person and reaching out to Carly to ask about what happened between her and Frank Benson... She had to plot revenge on someone she never met. Like that flashback scene where Jocelyn was playing Carly, or I'm sorry, Eden McCoy was playing Carly. 
Nell was a little kid in an apartment, and from her standpoint, a random young lady came to the door to talk to Frank. That is all. And it was up to Frank Benson to tell Nell who that girl was. Oh, that was my other adopted daughter? So, like, literally no connection. No connection. Carly's real dad was John Durant, and he's dead. Nell had no reason for any of this. She was just annoyed that Carly was also partially raised by this man and got out of it and became successful. So Nina and Curtis move on to talk about Marshall, but I think Curtis needs some time to think about his father and just come to a decision on what his attitude is going to be moving forward. He's got to leave TJ's relationship with Marshall alone. Nina should be a good friend in this and support Curtis and really meet with him to talk this out. But instead, she has to act like this Wiley situation is taking up all of her time. And as Carly said, Nina has people on her side just as much as Michael does, Curtis probably being one of those people. Speaking of Carly, in the beginning of the week, Carly and Valentine were talking about Nina at the Metro Court Gardens. Valentine is advocating for some sort of truce and Carly asks the big questions like what is it about Nina that makes somewhat logical men come to her rescue? (laughs) In my opinion I think men see Nina as like a cute lost puppy dog and for a while that's okay but eventually that gets old. The best line in this conversation was Carly saying last I checked Nina had my husband. I mean, Carly's kind of acting like she would take Sunny back. She's acting like Nina is just an obstacle, and I think that that is weird. I think it's strange. Like, a marriage is not something that you should just get divorced every time something bad happens and then get back together. Your five divorces are there for a reason. Just because you keep coming back to each other, that doesn't mean it's good or healthy. Valentine also makes a comment that everyone Nina's come across in her life has mistreated her, but that's not true. Franco was really her friend and he did love her, even had her back with the Avery kidnapping, okay? Like, come on. Uh, Carly starts talking about Nina in the clinic where Phyllis took the baby and Valentine questions her question. I'm sure that this is going to get Valentine thinking. I mean, I'm telling you, this, the whole town is going to find out at the same time that Willow is Nina's daughter and Nell's twin. Like, it is inevitable at this point. <laughs> the second best line in this conversation was Carly saying Sunny may be experiencing Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> like, I can't believe that she said it. I mean, I can, but I can't at the same time. And by this time, Nina is walking into Charlie's pub, meeting up with Ava. Ava has to tell her that Smoltz reached out for comments about the night Avery was born, and I'm glad they're bringing this up. The audience has been bringing this up for quite some time. To me, Ava does not look like she completely forgives Nina. Like, they're cool. I don't know. Something in Ava's eyes. I'm like, do you really not forgive her fully? Like, that's fine. I mean, I I cannot imagine that they would be at a point where Ava would leave Avery in the care of Nina like ever not even a hey can you watch Avery while I go order my coffee I don't even think Ava would do that in fact I don't even think Nina has seen Avery since all of that business then the conversation steers towards the Wiley situation and Nina makes this war declaration against Carly just as Carly walks in I was surprised how calm the conversation was 
I mean, Nina cannot handle anything Carly says ever, <laughs> especially about how Nina is only seeking visitation for her, not for Wiley. And Carly was right. When, when kids don't see you for a while, they can kind of forget you. And during this conversation, I realized why Nina has been extra annoying. She talks in circles. Like in the same breath that she says Willow forced her hand into a court battle, she says she's concerned about Willow because of Harmony dying. Like who is Nina trying to fool? When she leaves the room to excuse herself because she's so emotional, Carly talks with Phyllis and she really plays the game well, bringing up how Madeline was the source of Nina's turmoil and gets the information that she wanted. So... Nina does not know there were two babies. Does anyone know that besides Madeline? Does anyone know that Nina had two babies? Will it be someone we know that possibly knew this information? Will we find out someone else was at the clinic? I don't know. After this conversation with Phyllis, she goes to attend to the bar and Carly takes Nina's drinking glass off the table, but Drew caught her. So at the same time this was happening, Milo is at the gatehouse when Alexis shows up. Michael gives them space to talk about Harmony, and Willow is kind of still in disbelief. I'm glad that when Alexis admitted she knew Harmony wasn't her real mom, Willow was not mad at her. Because it really wasn't Alexis's place to say anything. Now the story Alexis told about the commune and the fake Lady Joan, I mean Willow is now questioning if her dad, or the dad that she knew, knew any of this information. And now she's going to double down on finding out where she came from. Like, perfect. Just perfect, you know? And after that encounter, they go to Jonah's grave. And Nina is there visiting Nell's grave. So they all get into it. Willow starts yelling at Nina, which I loved. But then Sonny had to show up. I can see that Sonny does have good intentions here, but he's got to drop Nina. Like, she's not worth it. And I don't know why he thinks that she is. And after all the stuff between him and Michael, I mean, Nina ended up walking away from Sonny. <laughs> so it's a lose-lose for Sonny in this situation right now. And honestly, like through the Michael and Sonny conversations, like nothing new with Michael. He asked Sonny to go against Nina. Sonny said, you know, I don't need to do that. At least Nina can apologize when she's wrong. Yeah, Sonny, anybody can say the words. Like this is ridiculous. And while everyone's hanging out in the cemetery, Drew and Carly discuss why Carly took Nina's drinking glass, so Carly decides to involve Drew in this scheme, because she would have involved Jason. I thought we were not using Drew as a Jason surrogate, but so far that's what we're getting. I, I don't know why, since the invention of Drew's character, we have to have him mirror Jason. Let him be his own man. He was for, what, 40 years before he knew he had a brother named Jason. I, I don't get it. But anyway, so Drew is in on the scheme and they go to the gatehouse to get a sample of Willow's DNA. When Milo come back home, they run into crew and Willow ends up giving Carly a key to the gatehouse. <laughs> like, no thanks, I would never. Uh, but the four of them talk about nature versus nurture and it makes Drew defend Nina. <laughs> a little bit funny to me, but he did have to point that out because Michael wouldn't want any of AJ's shortcomings to be reflected in himself. So I think that was a good conversation for the four of those adults to have. When Drew and Carly leave, Willow tells Michael not to give up on Sonny. Whatever. I mean, they are going to go through so many father-son fights. I'm over it. So Crew does make it to GH and run into Brit to ask how to get a DNA test run. So I guess they're going to be the first ones to find out, like, for sure, if Nina is Willow's daughter. And then what? 
everyone else is looking for this information too. So crew hiding it isn't going to do anything for anybody. When Nina left the graveyard, she went to Maxie's and Felicia was there babysitting. Felicia was cordial to her and invited her inside. Unfortunately, Felicia says she identifies with Nina, which really upset me because Felicia is nothing like Nina and vice versa. I I just can't believe Felicia would even entertain this. She was an absentee mother. She didn't not know that she had children out there. Like, totally different. She also didn't try and steal someone's baby, to my knowledge. But whatever. They had their moment. Let them have their moment. Um, Because of Maxie, Felicia kind of has to be cordial with Nina. That's just what it has to be. So as we get into the next day in Port Charles, Dante comes to the gatehouse to officially tell Willow that Harmony was not her real mom. Sam is with him, and she ends up inviting Willow to the kids' elementary school art fair in Rice Plaza. So while in Rice Plaza, Willow and Sam talk about Harmony, and I guess somewhere in that conversation I missed, but um, Willow hired her as a PI, I guess. Uh, So Sam tries to prepare her by saying, you know, you have to be prepared to get the answers that you don't want. And I think that that's good. It's like, you don't know what the situation is. And when she finds out that her mom was Nina, she's really going to be thrown for a loop here. Willow was also acting really tired in these scenes, and I was worried she was going to faint again because we still never got answers on that. She's been really tired. She's been fainting. And this was before her mother died or before Harmony died. So something else is going on here that we still don't know. And I'm curious if we're going to get that before we get the court battle and if Nina's going to find out because Willow's going to need like a blood transfusion and then Carly will have to tell her. I I don't know. That's just kind of where I see things going for some reason. So while the girls are at Rice Plaza, Dante and Michael were still at the gatehouse talking about Sunny. Now Michael wants to trash Sunny all of a sudden. Like, I'm so over this. Poor Dante already in the middle of the law and his father, now his half-brother too. I, I just, I can't. I'd, I don't need to see another I'm gonna take Sonny down storyline. We've had a billion of them. You can't take Sonny down. You just can't unless Maurice Bernard is leaving the show. You cannot take Sonny down. I can't imagine Sonny leaving the mob and like what, just working at Charlie's with Phyllis? I don't, like I just don't see that happening. His enemies are too vast. The town of Port Charles would be taken over by, you know, that West Coast group that we still haven't heard about by Cyrus when he gets out of jail on some technicality, I'm sure. Like I just, I don't know where all of that would be going, but I do like angry Michael. I just don't like him angry at Sonny. And while Michael and Dante were talking, Carly and Jocelyn were at the nail salon and Jocelyn now knows a lot more details about Nina and I love it. I really love Jocelyn's character. A lot of people say she's Carly 2.0, but I can't wait until the Jack side of her comes out. Not necessarily Jasper Jacks, but like Jerry Jacks is her blood relative. I just think that would be really cool to see like the business side of Jocelyn come out. Maybe a little bit more like conniving like Jerry. I think that'd be great. So Carly and Joss also talk about the Trina situation, and I was a little bit surprised that Jocelyn didn't mention she was also trying to find where Esme slipped up, because Carly is such a schemer. But so does Ava. And that's where Trina ended up going this week, and I thought it was perfect. Like, what better way to come up with a scheme than to talk to the head person of all schemes? Hello, hello, editing Caitlin here again. So this was the end of part one. 
Uh, like I said, I will be working on part two after work today, and I will get that out to you guys by tonight, so stay tuned for part two.